Before we start this episode of Conversations with Kenyatta, I'm excited to tell you about my new partnership with Audible. Listeners can go to www.audibletrial.com backslash Kenyatta to receive a free 30-day trial. Audible is a wonderful resource with audiobooks for every reader. It even has titles from authors that have been on my podcast, such as Dr. Dan Bouts' Democracy's Data and Gail Lukasik's White Like Her. And please note that this is an affiliate link. So I may receive a commission with no cost to you, just a fee trial with so many wonderful titles. And I love to read. But with that, here's this week's episode of Conversations with Kenyatta. Hello, everyone. My name is Kenyatta Berry, and welcome to my podcast, Conversations with Kenyatta. Whether you know me from PBS's Genealogy Roadshow or you've read my book, The Family Tree Toolkit, I am so glad to have you here. This is episode one of my podcast that will feature tips and tricks on helping others with their genealogy journeys, as well as focusing on the stories of voices from the past who have not been allowed to shine. Today, though, I'll be letting you get to know me just a little bit more. So let's jump in. So I was born in Detroit, um, and I am a big fan of my hometown, Um, although my family uh, started, at least as I know, uh, from my research in Virginia, Central Virginia area. So if you're listening and you're from Madison or Culpeper County, uh, please email me or send me a note because we might be related. I, you know, graduated from Cass Tech High School, which I'll mention that because Diana Ross and Lily Tomlin also graduated from there. But I went to Michigan State University, where I pledged Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority in a Delta Zeta chapter. And when I was at Michigan State, you know, I actually started my major, my first major, I should say, was actually uh, psychology. Hmm. Uh, Didn't do so well and um, decided to go into business. So I graduated with a undergraduate degree in business and then decided um, that I wanted to go to law school. Had never really shown an interest in law. Uh, my mother was very surprised by the decision, as were my friends and family members, but realized that I have a very curious mind, and I really wanted to understand sort of the function of our country in a way that I knew laws kind of rule everything. So that's why I decided to go to law school, which I thoroughly enjoyed, by the way. Um, so before I got into genealogy, um, I decided while in law school that I wanted to major in internet law. Now, this is way back in like 96. Okay. Um, So the internet was a young thing. Uh, You know, this is back as I love to tell people when Amazon only sold books and doing internet law really had to deal with primarily um, just kind of cases around jurisdiction, right? If you bought, bought a book from Amazon and, you know, I live in California, Amazon is based in Washington state. If there was a dispute, which law would govern? So that's what internet law would deal with. Little things like that. You know, I dealt with identity theft before it was known as identity theft. Um, I worked at an internet service provider. Um, Some of you may not remember that, but when the internet first got started, ISPs were uh, things that, you know, you kind of use or that were um, used regionally uh, to gain access to the internet. So working at this internet service provider, I was the associate general counsel there. And as associate general counsel, I dealt with a lot of hacking and um, a lot of, you know, kind of 
following people online was pretty much my job. I spoke with the FBA, excuse me, I spoke with the FBI a lot um, during that time. But also while working there and in law school, I started um, getting interested in genealogy. And at the time when I was in law school, I dated someone who had an unusual middle name and it was his second great grandfather's surname. And that was the surname of Dwelly. And that's spelled D-W-E-L-L-E. And I thought, well, there were prominent folks, you know, in uh, Augusta, Georgia, in Philadelphia. There were preachers and doctors and lawyers and all this stuff. So I thought that'll be a very interesting family, more interesting than my ancestors who were just farmers from Virginia and upstate New York. And in doing that, I started researching the Dewelly family and fell in love with genealogy. And I just couldn't get enough of it. As I mentioned, I'm a curious person. I just love learning and genealogy just opened my eyes to so many things I didn't know. And as I continued to work as a genealogist and simultaneously, I was working as an internet lawyer for a few years. And then I also started to immerse myself in technology companies. So I've basically worked in every job in technology except for in IT and finance right? So I've worked in every other department and all while doing genealogy, excuse me, uh, simultaneously. So um, I decided at some point, kind of, I would say, you know, five or plus years into it that I would focus on enslaved genealogy because it was the most gut-wrenching, the hardest, emotionally difficult piece I felt in genealogy. And I knew that it, my legal background would help me because having that legal background allows me to do one very important thing, and that is to remove my emotions from a situation. So I can look at a document that has the name of an enslaved person and a value next to them. And as hard as that is to even say, to even imagine I can do that because I remove emotion from it. And I'm not heartless because I do that. I just know that it has to be done. These people need to be found. They want to be found. And so taking that skill set I have, I decided that I would be the person to do this work. And the work kind of called me to it as well. So that's what kind of drove me to be a genealogist and to say, this is what I want to do with my life. Now, I did not become a full-time professional genealogist until 2017, and that was because I filmed Genealogy Roadshow while I was working full-time in software sales. I wrote my book while I was working full-time in software sales. So a lot of, you know, my thought process, I guess, at that time was I put so much work into this. This is my passion. It's something that I love, and I need to really make it work. And I need to decide if this is what I truly want to do in my career. And I took a leap of faith, and that's what I did. So for me and my own genealogy journey, and sort of what did I find out about my family? Um, you know, I think the thing is that's interesting is that my family is actually interesting. <laughs> Um, I didn't think they had any unique stories. I kind of thought they were boring. I mean, farming, you know, I grew up in the inner city in Detroit. Like I didn't know anything about that. But what I did find 
was that they were um that they were part of a small group of people from Culpeper County. You know, half of my ancestors left Culpeper in the 1880s and moved to a small place called York, New York in upstate. And I'm talking way upstate near Rochester. And half, you know, the other half stayed in Culpeper. And so I still have cousins that are up in upstate New York. That's where my great grandmother was born in Leroy. And so for with that knowledge, I realized we were part of a unique group. We had a unique story. And going back to Leroy, Caledonia, and to York and visiting my cousins has been just great because I have bridged that gap between upstate New York and Detroit. And so I think that the discovery that my family was part of this migration, right, um, that occurred in the 1880s and that my third great-grandfather moved with his children and took a leap of faith was great because I've moved a lot myself. And one of the biggest things that I discovered in doing this research, because I would always do it when I went home for Christmas, um, is there was there's a woman in our family known as Grandma Dale. And Grandma Dale really turned out to be Aunt Dale. And here's why. So my uh, second great-grandmother, Martha, um, died very young. And she died shortly after uh, childbirth, uh, or giving birth, excuse me, to her uh, daughter, Martha. Okay. And so my great grandmother, um, her mom died when she was like six. So my grandmother never knew her grandmother. Okay. So after Martha died, her husband had three little girls to raise and his sister-in-law, Delilah Dale, had two little boys to raise because her husband had died a couple of years previously, prior, excuse me. So since he, you know, since she needed a male figure, I'm assuming, in the household, and he needed a female figure in the household, they decided to raise their children together. So they moved in, and I think in about 1900, when I see him in the census, you have uh, John Lewis living with Delilah Bundy. And shortly after that, they got married. And they stayed married until his death, I believe, which was in 1929. Now, Aunt Dell didn't die until 1972 at the age of 101. So that was shocking to tell my grandmother, my great aunt, that Grandma Dell was actually Aunt Dell. <laughs> so that was one of the biggest discoveries for me because I had heard all along about Grandma Dell. And in doing my work and doing genealogy, one of the things that I find most difficult about it is not being able to find people. Right. And I know everyone has that. But when I say that, I say it in a way not being able to find people that died in slavery. Right. Died during slavery. Really not being able to tell their story is difficult for me because I want their voice to be heard. And I really, really want to find them. Um, and I, I just can't. So that's difficult. But the other thing that is difficult is there's not enough time. There's not enough time in the day. I, there's not enough time for me to tell all the stories I want to tell. And that is heartbreaking because there's so many stories out there. And one of my favorite stories, of course, um, if you've heard me speak before uh, um, with Genealogy Roadshow is the story of Gail Lukasik. And Gail's story has always been my favorite story because Gail and I have a very uh, unique bond in a way. And Gail came on in season two 
And with Gail, what was interesting is that, you know, she had been doing research on her mom and she discovered some information about her mom's family and kind of, you know, shared that information with her mother. Um, and, it, you know, didn't have the reaction, I guess, she would have wanted and or expected at that time. But what I really liked about Gail's story was she came with the information she had as a, as a you know, a genealogist, right? As someone who's doing their own family history. And I was able to open her eyes to so much more. Able to give her so much information she didn't know. And to sit across from her and her family and to see their eyes light up when I told them the things that I knew about their ancestors um, and about her mom's family in Louisiana was great. And it's one of my favorite stories as well because, you know, Gail really changed from that episode. And, um, you know, she'll be a guest in the podcast and we'll go more in depth about that. Uh, But it really was a life-changing experience for her. And it was one for me as well because it was in that moment that I realized that this is what I needed to do with my life and to leave my job and make plans to do that. So that's, that is definitely hands down my favorite, favorite episode and favorite case from Genealogy Roadshow. And to kind of, you know, in telling you about myself and all the stuff and why I got into genealogy, um, you know, the hard thing about genealogy. I've already mentioned not being able to find people, not enough time to tell the stories. One of the hardest things I've had to reconcile with and deal with, especially in the time we're living today, is actually knowing the history, uncovering the history related to civil rights, the Constitution, Reconstruction, and really having to work hard to bring that lawyer out when I'm trying to research someone and I'm doing something, um, you know, like the episode I did on lynching. That was a hard episode to do. I had to practice hours and hours and hours of Genealogy Roadshow prior to filming that and tell in detail the story of how the cops basically turned out the lights in the town, how they moved their cars. They knew the mob was coming and they did nothing, nothing. And that... When you see that, when you read that and you live it, you know, in your soul, you feel it and you know that your ancestors might have gone through something similar, that so many people went through that, that injustice, that heartbreak you feel is so difficult for me. But yet I continue to pursue and do what I do, even with the things that are hard about it, because I love it. So thank you so much for joining me for Conversations with Kenyatta. Now you know a little bit more about me, and I'm so happy to begin this podcast journey with you. And I hope you will join me for the next Conversations with Kenyatta. And remember, your story is a story to be told. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Conversations with Kenyatta. This podcast was produced by Kenyatta D. Berry and Caitlin Owl and features Kenyatta D. Berry. The music was by Ketza and the song was Good Vibe.